There is no error with your audio outputs. Do not attempt to fix any sound issues. We are monitoring you with this device. We control your options and settings. We are transmitting through your internet connection, but our signal is actually entering your mind, sending electrical impulses into the very tissues of your brain. Try to stay calm. We've taken over your senses for the duration of this broadcast. You are helpless to resist. We have taken control for your own sake. There are things you must know. This is Paranoia Radio, hosted by Olaf Phillips and Ron Patton. All right. Well, that was an amazing intro that I just couldn't hear. So hopefully I guessed right because I just see numbers. This is Olaf. I'm the publisher of Paranoia Magazine. This is the Paranoia Podcast. Ron, who are you? I am Ron, and I am the king of paranoia. Thank you very much. No, you're not, Ron. Ron, you're not the king of paranoia. I am. No, 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 no. You you said you're the publisher. You're the owner. Yeah, but I'm the king, so there. True. All right, all right, fine. Thank you. Hey, Ron, we got off off our asses, and this is like the fourth one we've done in a row. I know. It's pretty damn good. What's the deal? It's shocking. Hey, so so next week I'm trying to get Natalie to come on to do inappropriate tarot readings. What do you think? Oh, perfect. Man, yeah? a lot of people have listened. That, that's our most listened to podcast it is. in the history of it is. podcast. Seriously. It is. It's, ser- it's like people it's like naughty tarot, like 20... inappropriate tarot they readings. Do. They do. She's the empress of the mood empire, the tarot mood empire. Anyway, so I don't want to I don't want to waste too much time tonight because our topic is complex. Um, I don't so even know tonight, what it's about actually. I, I know good. there's a lot of multiple personalities on the yeah. show today. <laughs> so tonight we have we have uh, Josh, Stefan, and Senposh uh, from Fearscape uh, Fearscape Radio. Um, they have a thing that they've formed called wristwatch uh that's w-r-i-s-t-e watch and uh they invited me to help them out uh so we've been having some misadventures with someone uh possibly uh named terry wrist terry r wrist and so i thought you know let's get them on the show tonight and let's talk about it um and we can kind of go through you know some of the things that we've seen and how we're feeling about it and just talk about terry wrist in general so he's not um, on the show tonight. You said he was going to be on the show, Terry Riss. No, no, Terry Riss is not going to be on the show. Why not? <laughs> oh my God! Well, nobody can find him. Oh, <laughs> Number one. Okay. Oh well. <laughs> well, yeah. we may we may be in contact with him. We may not. Okay. <laughs> That's one of the things that you know we're trying to figure out. Um, but no, Terry Riss is a very enigmatic figure. Right. Um, originally, he came to prominence uh, with. Alan Greenfield's book, uh, The Complete Cipher of the UFO Knots. Oh, isn't that um, in uh, Paranoia Publishing, too, by the way? That is Paranoia Publishing, and I wrote the intro for it. Yes, self-promotion. But but Alan Alan interviewed, Alan had known uh, Terry Rist, or TRW, uh, Terry Uh Rist for for some time. And uh, he actually interviewed uh, Terry twice. Um, gotcha. There were actually apparently much longer interviews, but he kind of distilled it down 
to uh, he's trying to find the cassette tape. Apparently there is one, um, but they were distilled down to a couple pages. And he talks about the secret chiefs of the third order and some other stuff. And so this came to, this came to even more prominence in the TV show Hellier because Terry Rist had contacted the Newkirks. Well, this guy contacted the Newkirks and said that Terry Rist had told him to contact him. And then Terry Rist contacted them and it set off this whole maelstrom of Terry Rist. You know, is Alan Greenfield Terry Rist? No, he's not. But who is Terry Rist? We don't know. So, you know, anyway, so uh, the guys at Fairscape, they got contacted by a guy who claims to be Terry Rist. And I will let you guys go from there. <laughs> Whoever wants to. Yeah, break. so, um, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. So, you know, first of all, thanks for. Thanks for inviting us on. Um, yeah, man. Thanks for coming. Wild, you know, it's been a wild ride for sure, um, and uh, we're you know we're glad that you are you're willing to get involved with us and uh, and uh, yeah, but oh, yeah. you know it, it kind of first kind of first started. Well, I guess really it started because on the podcast, um, you know, First Gate Podcast, we we have been kind of egging for Terry to make contact uh, for several months, um, and. Um, we got a kind of a we have on our website a submission form for people to submit a sighting ghost sighting ufo whatever the case would be um and a, a person claiming to be terry wrist submitted a sighting um and then maybe you know an hour or two later we got an email from an anonymous email address with some additional information um and then from there, it's pretty much been pretty steady, almost like once a week or once every couple of weeks, we get some piece of information uh, from this individual, uh, again, claiming to be terrorist. So um, now, and, and, now, go ahead. Go ahead. Well, I was going to say, now, there, there is some contention over whether it is actually terrorist or not, that I guess there's Correct. a guy or some people, yeah, who have been claiming to be terrorist. Right. So one of the issues, yes. this is Stefan, uh, one of the issues is, is immediately we reached out, of course, to you and Alan and uh, right. Greg and those guys from Hellier because we were trying to hit up anyone we knew that had any connections. Um, Greg immediately said it reminded him of someone who had been reaching out to them via Hellier trying to insert themselves into their investigation. Um, right. And so at first we kind of thought, oh, okay, well, maybe that's nothing. Um, and he gave us some advice on what to look for, but we didn't see any of that. Um, the things right. uh, that uh, Greg had talked to us about, about what to look for, we didn't see any of that. So we thought, what the hell, it's our investigation. Let's just keep going and see what happens because he was giving us leads for things to look at, things that were kind of fitting into some of the journey that we were on, uh, some of the things that we right. had talked to you about, Olaf, when you were on our show right. um, and things like that. So we started looking at these leads, and they really started panning out. And so we decided to keep looking into this because it was – for us, it's, it hasn't been about is this terrorist. I'll be honest with you. I could give – two craps. I don't care if it's Terry or not because the leads are interesting. And if it was like Dan Stevenson, we may not have looked at them as credible. Maybe, you know, that's, that's my opinion. Yeah. Well, you know, one of the things that struck me as, as I've been reading the messages that have come in from, we'll just call him Terry mm-hmm. Rick because right. we don't, we don't know, know what right. else to call him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, <clears throat> potential Terry Rick candidate number one. 
Um, right. But, you know, what, what struck me is, you know, and I was even talking to my friend uh, Taylor today about it. And, you know, he was like, oh, it's like that guy who's been going around faking stuff. And I was like, I really don't think so. Because one thing that really struck me is that this guy, you know, he plays word games just like you'd expect. Mm-hmm. But I don't, there's no like, promo, there's no end game. There's no promotion. There's no yeah. get me on your show. There's no buy my book. There's well, no, you know. And there's, there's no, um, I mean, to date, he has not made any reference to the Hellier Crate case or the Hellier Crew. So it's, it's a completely, right. what I would call a new case, a new case. It's not in any way, shape or form. The only correlation between what we have going on and what the Hellier Crew had going on is, is the person claiming to be Terry Risk. That's really the only uh, commonality. So, and you, you um, know, you but know, you know, you, go ahead. No, you go ahead. Okay. So one of the things actually that was interesting is that I've watched these, these bits and pieces come in. You know, we had a very fascinating conversation two weeks ago with, with Adam DeRightly, who's one of the, who is the most prolific uh, writer for paranoia in the history of paranoia. And one of the things that he was talking about at the time was the, the Jacques Vallée book Trinity and this, mm-hmm. this notion of what the Trinity test actually was. And, you know, it actually, it was very interesting because as these leads start to come in, you know, if if you look at the bigger picture of where these things are going, a lot of these organizations that he's referencing, like the EG&Gs and other things, they're tied into those tests. And it dawned on me last night that maybe there's some correlation. But you see, that's the thing. That's why it almost, it's almost like a new, like a new investigation, and, and by the way, one last thing, because yeah. I'm talking too much, that it was funny, right before you guys contacted me, I had attempted to do, I, I call it a waking trance, but it's basically based on the Gansfeld. And I had attempted to do this to contact risk, because I was like, I've had it, I want to talk to this dude. And I was actually, the best way I can describe it is that I was ejected twice, like I was forcibly like pushed out of it, like pushed away. The third time I connected, remember I told you guys this, I connected and when I, what I saw was somebody driving a car down a street in the desert and, and there were like palm trees. And it was really weird because it corresponded to some of the things that you guys were talking about at the time. So again, there, there are these weird like causal relationships and synchronicities that made me think it, it actually might be someone who's at least in the Terry Wrist like zone. If it's not him, it's like another person that's in communication with him or the secret chiefs or whatever that is. Yeah. It almost, the, the synchronicities are so severe. Well, you know, one of the things that we've talked about or kicked around the idea of is that Terry Wrist is a persona, um, almost right. like Dread Pirate Roberts, uh, you know, in, uh, in The Princess Bride. You know, it's, it's not necessarily... Right one individual who's named a terrorist, but but rather uh, uh, maybe a a group of individuals who are seeking to get information out there under the name terrorist. Right. A moniker of sorts. Yeah. Yeah. A straw man. Like a cutout. Yep. Exactly. And And, you know, it's a Stefan's point. If, if, If we had gotten emailed from a guy named John Adams, you know, we we, we, right. we probably would have looked at it, but coming from Terry Risk, it already carried with it 
a little bit of intrigue. Uh, right, because right. I mean, like off the bat, I mean, he tells us to take a look into NASA and Dryden, and I would have just been like, right. "Oh, neat, okay." But with Terry's seeing that it comes from Terry, immediately my brain goes to, "Okay, I'm looking at NASA and Dryden, but I'm looking at it through the eyes of underground bases, through occult, through right. something, through the cipher, things like that." which gave us right. answers pretty right off the bat. And had I just, like you said, come from some guy named John and said, take a look at NASA and Dryden, I've been like, oh, neat, yeah. So, yeah, well, they tested well, rockets that, and stuff. And, and, that's, and that's like, it's not even called Dryden anymore. <laughs> but that's, Exactly, that's, yeah. Like, yeah, so he comes through and he says, he says, look, 150 kilometers, not miles, kilometers, 150 kilometers south of Area 51. Right. right. And it's like, what do you find there? You find a mine. And what is that mine? It's the, you know, it's basically like the, the silver, you know, five star mine. Right. And now there's more symbolism, the star, the five pointed star, you know, it mines silver. Right. And it's like, you know, a silver five pointed star. It's like nothing is simple. And it doesn't, I don't know, Mm-mm. like it doesn't seem like an artificial construction. Somebody who's just like, gaming you it's like why would you go to that much trouble consistently well then the other thing is the thing that really pushes it away from hellier is is it's really almost all the leads he's given us have really pushed around the southwest um you know which is very different than hellier and uh, unless they've got something set up for season three i know they were out here in the west last year so i don't know if that has to do with anything or not but i mean all these things have ended up have uh, he just keeps sprinkling little pieces of candy to us and we find this research and and it all comes through it's like we're hitting a lot of area 51 vegas Southern California. Now we're kind of looking at Mount Shasta too, and just some <laughs> things that we well, kind of found on our own. <laughs> well, and, and, it, and it all correlates too, right? To things that we were already looking into. I mean, that, that's the that's the amazing part of it is is that some yeah. of the things we obviously talk about on the podcast. You know, we we have the segment creepy catch up. We talk about things that we're exploring at the time. But we don't disclose everything. Some of that stuff we keep as a part of our quote-unquote personal journey. But the things that he's hitting us with are really in line with some of those personal journey items that we have not shared on the podcast. So it kind of reiterates for us that we were already headed down the right path, and Mm -hmm. and now he's just giving us additional information to keep us going. Right. So like he he, – go ahead. Well, I was going to say one of the interesting things for me is it's something that I don't I don't think I've ever mentioned on a podcast. Ron can correct me if I'm wrong. I will. But I actually <laughs> I have an obsession with the Babylon working. Oh yeah, yeah. Mm, yeah. Hubbard it still works. Yeah, L. Yep. Ron Hubbard and, and Jack Parsons. Parson, yeah, we Cameron. and we've lightly talked about that um, on our show as I well. Wanna, like us. Yeah, so that's interesting. <laughs> and I want to. I want to close the portal, but yeah. there's contention over where, where did it happen? Did Was it happen it around at Mojave Gate? Desert? Well, did it happen at Devil's Gate? Did it happen in Mojave? Did it happen in the Southwest? Some people claim that it, it happened, you know, in the Southwest near where Trinity occurred. Well, I Trinity, the Corners. book. Yeah. Well, yeah. right. Well, but, you know, all of one of the things we did, we, uh, me, Santosh and Josh met up, the other day and we were really taking a look at that um, 112.5 kilometers 
uh, south of Groom Lake issue. And we were looking oh, at a lot of things. And, okay. Right. And so sidebar, <laughs> remember, he dropped the tall map as well, which we found that 112.5 kilometers south of that is one of the bases on the tall map, which was really interesting. Yeah. But that yeah. area is also, I mean, we were looking not very far at all from the Mojave Desert. I mean, it's not far hmm. at all all and so kind of fitting into the babylon working theory right well, shit what if that's the area right it's like i never even thought about right, that that's like that could be the area because nobody knows for sure where it happened but i i don't talk about it like i don't i don't or is that the universe or know? is that where terry was looking because you know the th- in the last email that he sent he says or maybe not the last email one of the last emails he sent he said this was one of my bases you know, I haven't used it in a long time. And it's like, what if he was there in that base researching the Babylon working site as well? I mean, that's a right. It's a good question to ask him on the next set of emails we send. Yeah. But, but again, you know, this is like a correlation that I've been trying to hunt down that location. And meanwhile, mm-hmm. all these all these things that he's he's feeding that I'm seeing, it's pointing to the southwest. It's pointing yeah. to to Southern California. That's crazy, man. You know, I never even yeah. thought about that. Well, Trident, Trident in the, in the, Edwards, the, Edwards, Edwards, the Mojave. Yeah. yeah well, and the know. fact that, and the fact that we were looking at, we, you know, we talked a little bit about uh, Mount Shasta when you were on uh, the show right. a few, a few weeks ago. Um, and uh, then I was reading uh, a book by Valiant Thor about subterranean right. bases. And there's a big section in it that talks about, Mount Shasta and this uh, sighting from like back in the 20s where these two treasure hunters stumbled across this old ancient city uh, in uh-huh. the in like Death Valley and stuff. And then they tracked it back yeah. and they found that there's some underground city underneath Mount Shasta that's like a ancient Lumerian uh, city. And so well, it's just weird that on that on that tall map, there's a there's a spot from Mount Shasta. Yeah, and, and even to the Yurok, like the Yurok talk about the Wage, who lived at the top of Mount, or lived inside Mount Shasta, and would come out and teach them stuff. And and it's it's a known fact, at least for me, you know, talking to Alan, that, it, you know, Alan had told me that, that Terry Rist, that he talked to, whoever Terry Rist really is, Terry Rist that he had talked to was actually, he was fascinated by Shaver. And one of the things right. that happened, and I think I think that Alan has mentioned this before, is that when Terry Rist dis- disappeared, Alan had gone somewhere and came back, and Rist was gone. He had taken all of his all of Alan's uh, uh, shaver stuff, and he said that, that really? Rist was this comp- yeah, including uh, examples of rock, the rock books that Alan had. So, you know, Rist was actually fascinated by the Shaver mystery and used to talk to Alan a lot about it. So, you know, the, again, the correlations, I mean, that's not necessarily something that's hidden, but the correlations, you know, and that and the fact that there's, he's not saying, I want this from you, or I, he just keeps like feeding the info. There's no end game. Yeah. I mean, like, like you said, he's, he's not, so far, he has an email asking to come on the show. If he ever does, well, welcoming with open arms, but um, you know, so far as that's <laughs> happened, it, it's to your point. I mean, it, it's not, it's not been a, um, you know, uh, e- even when you think about, uh, you know, Woody Derenberger, for example, uh, in his right. relationship with Ingrid Cold, 
Um, Ingrid made it pretty clear, according to Darren Berger in his book, that he wanted him to spread the word far and wide about Ingrid Cold and what he was there for and his mission and all this kind of stuff. But but again, we're not really getting that from 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 this Terry. Where it's more yeah, of a here's some yeah, stuff Terry to go had, look into, see what you find. Yeah, he acknowledged the uh, fact that we named our Patreon after him as wristwatch, and he thought that was clever. But that's as far as he's gone, like in terms of saying anything about recognizing, you know, that in any way. So, I mean, you know, at this point in the game, you know, I mean, I have my own beliefs about what all this is about, you know, and I I have theories, but I mean, what do you guys see, you know, being the, 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 uh, the members of wristwatch, which is hilarious, but you know, (laughs) what, what do you guys, I mean, you guys need to make wristwatches, you know, but what, I know. That's what, what do you guys? Yeah. Huh? What What do you Go guys ahead. see as, as what What direction do you think it's going in? I mean, what's your gut instinct? Oh, oh, so my, oh my wait, gut I is. Just, I I just thought of something. You know what? Remember, I told you that I saw that thing where I saw him driving down the street, and it looked like an older car, and I saw the palm trees. Twenty nine Palms is very close to China Lake, and China Lake is actually one of the fingered spots where the Babylon working may have occurred, that there's a site on China Lake with, with petroglyphs. And some people have theorized that that, that is where uh, Jack Parsons and L. Ron Hubbard and Marjorie Cameron did the ritual was actually at that site with the petroglyphs. Sorry. And it has palm trees. Okay. Con- Interesting. Sorry, go ahead. <laughs> well, so uh, Continue. real quick, I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to jump around a little bit and I'm going to say that, you know, back when you first shared that you had had that vision of that, uh, you know, the person driving in the car in the palm trees. Um, uh, right. Some months ago, I, I had sat down to do uh, a meditation um, and ended up having some sort of a, um, uh, what I interpret as uh, seeing events unfold through someone else's eyes. Uh, is that considered? Yep. Um, I don't know what that's called. But anyways, uh, somebody on here would tell me. Well, but, no. Yeah, like a remote, like almost like a remote viewing, I guess. But remote yeah. viewing from the aspect of the, like I was in the person who was seeing it. Right. So yeah, that, that's what happened to me. Okay. So um, and I was like I was on a, a military transport, and we were like out in a deserty area. We drove uh, underground, got out of our trucks, went into an elevator, went down in underground more in the elevator, uh, stopped off at a point. I had to change clothes. I had to take all my military gear off and put on just like a plain pair of blue overalls. Um, and then I went to a, uh, an entry point where I had to show them my credentials. They opened the door. I went through, went into another elevator, went down some more. And then there was another entry point. And on the other side of this entry point, I was met by um, some kind of a weird Yeti slash gray slash i mean it was like it had the big dark black eyes but it was like a yeti so that's that's like and then that thing ushered me and the other people that were with me into a conference room where there was all these different types of entities sitting around a table uh and then i came out of it and so i just think it's interesting that i had that experience and then you had your experience and are they related somehow well, you know, what I saw could potentially have been on a military base. I really couldn't tell because I saw yeah. if it was, it would have been like base housing. 
because I saw buildings like houses, um, but it didn't, it didn't really, I thought about it a lot. It didn't really look, it looked a lot like Palm Springs, but like the houses weren't as good. Huh. Maybe yeah. Joshua tree or but, something. Like it's possible. But, it, but just, to answer it your seems, question of, yeah, go ahead. But to answer your question of where I think this is going, um, <clears throat> I mean, I think, we're going to have to get to the point, especially because we've been given almost clear, um, like precise direction on at least two places we need to go. Right. So we are being led to places. Um, and eventually we're going to have to, uh, you know, get on a plane or get in the car or something and go to those places and see what's there. There's only so much you can look at on Google earth. Um, right. You know, especially, you know, do you trust that the satellite images that you're being provided on Google Earth are really, you know, what's there? Right. So, yeah. Well, and the man has given us so many, <laughs> like so yeah. many places to look at, um, some that have even coincided with some Estes sessions that we've had uh, personally, as well as a Ouija board session or two. Right, Josh? Yeah. Yeah, we had some stuff come through on a Ouija board session that he later called out in an email. And again, some of that stuff on the Ouija session we talked about on the podcast, but other parts of it we didn't. And it's still Terry made reference to it. So, yeah. That's interesting. So, yeah, so I mean, uh, well, I was going to say for me, you know, when I see like what they've done in Hellier, and I see what where this is going with risk. It's almost like it, it seems to be pointing toward a working of some kind. That there's some place. I don't think it's going to be like you go to this spot and there's a hatch, like lost, right? You open the hatch and <laughs> you know you, yeah, you right. get into the underground bunker, right? But it, it's almost well, if there like is. I'm not punching all the numbers in every six days, so. <laughs> yeah, no, no, that would really suck. But but it's almost it's almost like maybe we're being driven toward going to a spot or a series of spots, and something will happen at those spots. Yeah, right. one of the things that that we that we've been thinking about um, is with our own personal journey even is are we being uh, given these clues or directions um, to, to share and to spread it with others, like to, to spread the message, so to speak, um, or are we just being given this stuff to, to continue our own personal journey and, and anyone who wants to be involved to continue their own personal journey. And so, yeah, I mean, I don't know if, like you say, I don't think we're going to get there and, what's this behind this brush and we're going to pull it aside and there's going to be a doorway there that says, come on in. You know, I don't think that's going to happen. Right. But even the, even some of the, some of the location information that he's given, you know, he's, he's indicated that we should go there and, and look around with our third eye, not so much with our physical eyes. And so, right. Well, that even, that even leads to Josh. He's, he's been talking a lot about, and this is something not talked much at all, even in his interviews with Alan or on Hellier at all, is he speaks of the astral plane quite frequently. And I don't, you know, I don't want to give away way too much on what's going on with that, but it's like, that's something that's very, very interesting kind of hits that third eye is that, you know, he talks about 
battles hmm. being faced on two planes, our realm and the astral realm, and it's 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 very well, and, interesting. And what's interesting about that is that is that fundamentally, Terry Rist as a construct, right, is mm-hmm. is basically he. The way it was described to me is that he is a he is most likely a go between, between like, okay, so you've got the secret chiefs of the third order, right? That they hang out right. in ether space up above our head somewhere, and they're looking down upon us as these enlightened beings. There's a second tier below them that that kind of translates their will into English, and then there's a there's a, a tier below that where it's you know it's actually an a person. Because you're dealing with ascended masters, right? That Alan had warned me once. He's like, if you ever interface with some with one of the secret chiefs, he's like, your mind will be blown. That that it's it's a very a very overwhelming experience. So the conversations that, that we've had, you know, it seems to to center around the, the notion that Terry Rist, not necessarily is the Terry Rist that, that Alan knew, but Terry Rist as a construct is right. the the manifest human, you know, he walks down the street and, you know, drives a car, you know, go between, between the secret chiefs and whoever he's dealing with. Right. So, you know, it, and, and he, and Alan has told me that he, that, that wrist was very, very enlightened and knowledgeable about these topics. And that he, you know, he kind of intimated that, you know, he, he would be, looking with his third eye and functioning on the astral plane as well as the physical plane. So that's not beyond the Terry risk that Alan knew back when God knows when he had talked to him back in the seventies or whatever. So, you know, it's, it's not surprising when I saw those messages where he made reference to the astral plane, it didn't surprise me because Terry risk, the Terry risk that I know about would have been, would be active on the, on the astral plane. Yeah, but it's the 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 thing that I that always confounds me. Like I said, you know, especially given his the communications that we've received, it it very much is like you're these are like power spots, and like you're supposed to go there and meditate or do whatever you do, and then something will happen. It's almost like uh, that's we're, what he keeps saying. Driven. Yeah, he keeps saying, "Go yeah. there, and you're gonna see some shit." Is like essentially what he says. Like, get ready. He just keeps saying, "When you go there, get ready, get ready." Well, the one, yeah, like one you know, we're just supposed to. Huh? Sorry, one of the things that I was, you know, we've had. So Stefan and I in my backyard. Uh, really, the, I think this is probably the event that really, really set us down down this path. Was that we were doing early on, uh, maybe it was like May or something of, of 2020. Uh, we were just at my backyard doing a bonfire, um, and we saw the most um, amazing UFO that we've ever seen. That I still to this day cannot explain what it was. Um, and uh, since that time. I mean, I've received several nights where I've gone to sleep and, like, woke up, been awake with my eyes, eyelids, you know, kind of fluttering, kind of like rapid eye movement type of situation, but with an eyelid fluttering. Right. And then the next day, I have all these crazy stream of consciousness ideas about all kinds of stuff. And so, you know, maybe it's one of those things where we're supposed to go to those spots and receive some sort of a, people call it a download sometimes, you know. 
supposed right. to receive some like Valor. influx of yeah, influx of information that was gonna, you know, open up some next level information for yourself. Well, you know, the the funny thing a funny thing happened to me. So as as I once I started originally when I watched Hellier just shit shit for me synchronistically shit went unglued like mm-hmm. it was just crazy Same, like, nine, yeah. 93 is like yeah 93 mm-hmm. and it, but you know it goes through like ebbs and flows but ever since I started like helping you guys with the Terry Risk stuff uh, probably what, what little help I've had but ever since it started they've started coming back again like you know yesterday I I, uh, I went to a, a hotel room and and like the numbers added up to nine and it's like, you know, <laughs> I was doing something else and it, you know, it equal, it was a 93 and I've started to see the nines and the threes and the 93s. Oh, that's, and the, it's, that's us. I mean, the, me, Santosh and yeah. uh, Josh, when we went to Point Pleasant together, I mean, we kept seeing that everywhere. I mean, hell just Josh and I got on this and like, we just felt this pull towards Santosh to kind of go into this too. And he started having his own connections, which is why we brought him on board with this as well. And even started that YouTube show astral stew with him as well. It's just, it's just crazy. The, the synchronicities that happen there. Yeah. Well, and, and, and like not last night, the night before, I think it was a Friday night. I was sitting outside. Somebody um, gave me access to the clubhouse, which is like this chat room thing. And so I was hanging out in there just, you know, and I was, we were talking about UFOs and whatever. And I, I decided I saw something like flickering in the sky. And so I ran in the house and I got my night vision goggles and I watched three, three separate high altitude aircraft, UAPs, UFOs, Lockheed, mm-hmm. whatever. I saw three of them flying around in the sky, including one that was crazy, right? That went horizon to horizon in four seconds. Like, I've never seen anything go horizon to horizon in four seconds. This thing just went in a straight line. The other one's weaving. One was pulsing, like it had some kind of a strobe on it. As it cruised Mm. over my head going east, it went north, and then it turned east. And it had a strobe, right? But there were three. And then tonight, as we're we're fucking preparing (laughs) to do the fucking show. And you couldn't get get your camera ready. I couldn't get my video camera. I took a photo of it, but like that's useful. Yeah. But yeah. you know, I, I need a psionics. Psionics sponsor me. Uh, but no, it's, it's <laughs> sponsor like, us too. I, I, yeah. <laughs> but it, it's it's like I see this I see this thing flying at high altitude over my house. I mean, I'm sitting in the fucking backyard. I watch this thing fly over my house, right? And it's real bright, and it just kept cruising. There's no strobes, no lights, no running lights. No wing lights. I mean, I work in aerospace. I, I know how this works. None of yeah. that shit just keeps going straight. And it's like turning and weaving, turning and weaving. And it's like, this is like two minutes before the fucking show starts. So like mm-hmm. in the last, in the last three days, three days, I've seen six UFOs. Yeah. And it's so, like, uh, I mean, the funny yeah. thing for tonight, I was, I was just going to say so tonight, um, you know, I'm on the East Coast, so uh, the show for me started at 1 a.m., and I knew I was going to have to stay awake. So I was binge-watching this show with my wife. Um, and, and we got to, um, like, I don't know, it was probably like 11 o'clock uh, my time. Um, and all of a sudden, the app that you're on, Roku, crashed. 
and it wouldn't it wouldn't open back up. And like we tried to reset the Roku a couple times, it's not, it would never open back up. So I was like, well, I guess I'll go, you know, look outside at the stars or something until until the show starts. And then I, and then I did that, and I saw all these things moving around in the sky, and then this one that I just can't explain. So it's like, you know, did did the app crash all of a sudden because I needed to go outside and see these things? You know, it's just it's weird when you think about it. So. But but again, well, it, you know, this is all like centered around this show and and you know the stuff that we're doing. Like it it all started up again. It's insane. Yeah, well, it's interesting too. So for me, um, I went out whale watching today. I'm in San Diego for the weekend, and we went out whale watching. And of course, that got mentioned. Like you know, being near the waters, you know, not far really in the grand scheme of things, is where the Nimitz saw their sightings and stuff, you know, Guadalupe, Isla Guadalupe wasn't far off in the distance and things like that. And like, I'm just sitting there thinking, I'm like, I can see how this would happen. I mean, I look, there's a Navy ship that's just sitting out there, you know, not moving (laughs) the whole time. And that's all I'm thinking about. And then uh, one story I had too is, is uh, in December, actually around Santosh's birthday, so around, I think, like the 27th or the 28th of December, um, I was outside walking my dog, and I this is one I had to send a move on where I saw this triangle craft. I mean, it's three dot lights moving across the sky, it, you know, in different directions, and then it began to spin clockwise, right? You know, it, like it spun clockwise, like it was a tire rolling, but it's three lights rolling, and then all of a sudden the lights just kind of went into one single light and then shot off. And um, I yeah. talked to this lady on <laughs> it's Arizona MUFON for two hours trying to explain this to her. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, it's just like I, since this has started, since we started looking into all this stuff and this is pre Terry stuff there, but just the journey with Josh and everything, it's like, it, it's like, I don't know. It's like my, my eyes have become attuned. Like I know when to look up now. Looking back at you, right? Right, exactly. But it's it's interesting because, like you know, for me, I actually I get balloons, and and you know, I've gotten the the blue star balloon and other kinds of balloons, and you know, I had this like funky conversation with Alan once. I was like, I had just found a a uh, a blue or a happy birthday balloon like in the middle of the forest on the side of a mountain, like nowhere near anyone, there's a blue star mm-hmm. balloon sitting on the ground in the middle of the forest or not. A, there was a happy birthday balloon. And then I found the blue star balloon later, but I, I call it Alan. I'm like, dude, you got to teach me everything, you know? And he's like, <laughs> I don't have to, I, I don't have to teach you anything. I'm like, what do you mean? You're like the grand master of weird, the weird, you got to teach me this, this shit, right? Teach me everything. Right. And he's like, no, you learn by balloons. But it's like, as I, in my <laughs> own journey, as I, as I go through this stuff, like I can tell when I'm on the track because the shit starts appearing again. And like the yeah. closer I get, like the more shit that's like manifesting. And it's like, when you guys sent me the Terry wrist stuff, it all started up again. Well, and, you I feel know, like and had next, we not, next, and it, yeah. And it's like, had but, we not, had that interview with you and got to know you. I mean, it's like all these things kind of happened in sequence to me. Um, we've, we, you know, we've had multiple conversations on our show with Alan as well. That's, you know, we do the right. same thing. We're like, teach us, 
Um, but it's that same thing. And I, and I do, I'm a very big believer in everything happens for a reason. And, right. you know, like those Terry wrist emails came at the time when we knew you to open doors that we wouldn't have thought of. And so there's this, you know, all four of us on this wristwatch, you know, mystery chat is like, we all come yeah. from four very different angles. Whereas, you know, I like to say Santosh comes from a very mystical angle, which really fills in Josh's science. And then your all of our experiences and things like that. It, it's mm-hmm. like the perfect storm. I love it. Yeah. I was just going to say that that should be uh, Alan's next book. Learn by balloon. <laughs> Learn um, by balloon. Yeah. You could just... <laughs> well, uh, hopefully I'll get to talk to him tomorrow. I'll tell him. <laughs> no, but, you know, and, and one of the things that thought that, that you had mentioned Shasta, because one of the things that I, I wanted to do, and we were talking about doing before COVID hit, was mm-hmm. I was going to get him out, get him out here and go up to Shasta. And try to try to open a portal or something at Shasta. To try oh to figure yeah, out I remember you on. had told us about that. Yeah, yeah, but but you know, COVID hit and he he got kind of sick, so you know we haven't been able to do it yet. But you know, it's still on the books that he's going to come out here and we're going to go to Shasta and try to open a portal. But you know, yeah, it's, but it's yeah, but it's it, it's just interesting to me because, like I said, you know, it started to happen. And it's accelerating. Like, yes, the very much. It's hyper sigil, though, isn't it? You know, I, I love that concept of hyper sigil being activated, and it's kind of what I think you're talking about. Olaf is the is like you level up, so there's a new quest that that opens right. itself to it, and, and you've got Terry acting kind of as, um, oh, what what did Joseph Campbell call the guy that sent you out? The banisher. The banisher. the banisher as well mm-hmm. as a gatekeeper in a way for you know like who has right. access to the knowledge and willing to knock people unworthy down not saying that we're so worthy for this but you know what i'm saying <laughs> right I, I, it, I hear you. it it almost seems like too in his emails because he's always like i'm freaking busy here's what i need you to look into it's almost like he's like i can't do everything at once so can you guys do some looking please <laughs> yeah we're outside of what we're, 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 we're his delegates like, like right so yeah yeah or like we're the, the team that through. was on mythbusters that wasn't the main two guys right. like <laughs> yeah. doing all the work yeah. right but it's interesting it's interesting because you know one of the things that i firmly believe is that Hellier, the show Hellier in and of itself is a working by itself. Mm-hmm. Agreed. And then, yeah, and then it's, it's That's activating what I meant by people. Hyper-sigil. Right, right. Well, no, the hyper sigil, it actually expands beyond Hellier. That, that, you know, Hellier is one component of it, but there, there are multiple components. And it almost seems but like there could we be multiple sigils it. embedded in one another as well. Oh, yeah. Exactly. Yeah, but, but it's almost like, like Hellier is a mechanism by which it, it activates certain people. And once those people mm. are activated, you know, if mm-hmm. they stick with it, like I have, or like you guys have, obviously that, that, you know, that's when the hyper sigil comes into play because God, you know, it's, like, it's, like like, Cold War, it's like Cold War spies getting activated by the word. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's like, <laughs> okay. 
Did you guys ever see Telephone with Charles? Oh, Thompson? yeah, that was great. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Donald Pleasant, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's almost like yeah, it's a trigger like, phrase, right? A poem. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. Well, that's what Hellier was. Well, Hellier it, was that trigger phrase for all of us. Exactly. <laughs> well, and it's, and it's funny, exactly. the, the first time, so so we, we were going out and doing Estes stuff, um, you know, shortly after watching uh, Hellier for the fifth or sixth time. Um, and uh, we were doing some stuff, and and Stefan uh, started kind of doing, uh, he would slip into like this weird uh, channel voice, but, but when he would, when he was doing it, um, like it, he would do an Estes where it would say a bunch of random words. And it reminded me of, uh, of the winter soldier, you know, where it's like boxcar, street, freight train, right. but like he would, he would just say all these random words. And then he, and then he would go into his, his trance and start and start spewing this, this channel stuff. And it really made me think of, you know, what if that's the case? Like you, like you said, I mean, what if, what if we were um, not so much like a sleeper cell, but we were sleeping, right? We were all of our, right. the people who were engaged with failure, our consciousness was, uh, or some part of our consciousness was asleep. Um, and Hellier has activated that part of us and, and moved us forward. Because I've got to be honest, since, since the experience in my backyard and since watching Hellier, I am no, I am not the same person that I was before. All. Well, I mean, I mean and I, I'll be honest with you. I don't even know if it's as much as Hellier as much as when I started reading the complete secret cipher, because like reading both um, those books together, plus both interviews with Terry, which of course is a big major part of Hellier. I mean, it's almost as if, you know, like Alan may have been the first part of that because that in a sense triggered the hellier folks right and so True. Uh, who knows so well and very it's interesting it's all very interesting it's an interesting story how i actually came to publish that book that you know it it had originally been published by illuminat it had been out of mm-hmm. print since ron bonds had died you know it, it was kind of lost in obscurity because it's a bit of a it's a bit of an arcane book at least it was for sure time. Yeah, I mean, not a lot of people knew about it, and I had read it. You know, obviously at that time, I, I really did not fully grasp the cipher itself, which I've, I've come to to be able to work with far better now. Shit, I still don't. <laughs> oh, I can. Oh, you just have to get. No, oh, I do. Have to get the hang of it. Yeah, Josh but, is. I just, I just have Josh do it. <laughs> <laughs> well. But, you know, it's it's interesting because just on a lark, like I looked Alan up and I emailed him. I said, look, you know, I'm a fan of the book. I I think the book and the ultra-terrestrial hypothesis and, you know, the other things that you talk about in the, the book, I think it's very important. And and for years and years, like, I published it and, like, I'd sell, like, three copies. And then one yeah. day I sold, like, 200. And I was like, what the hell? And I called Alan up. I'm like, what the hell have you done? You know, he's like, I haven't done anything. <laughs> And then my friend, my friend Taylor calls me up, who listens to you guys, by the way. Um, my friend awesome. Taylor calls me up, and he says, he says, Olaf, you got to watch a show, Hellier. And I'm like, ah, no, I'm done with Paul Hellier. I, I, it's it's all horse shit, and I don't, not interested. He's like, no, it's not about Paul Hellier, you dumbass. I'm like, oh, and then I watch him. It's not Hellier crazy. with a lie, <laughs> right? But but shit goes crazy, and so you know what? I think they're, I think actually there probably is a lot of truth in it because at the time that I published it, I, I just, it was on a lark and, and Alan came back. He said, you know, it's supposed to be one book. 
because it's actually it was originally printed as two but you know the secret cipher the ufo knots and the mysterious rituals of the men in black but he's like it's supposed to be one book it was meant to be one book so you know it took me a long time but like you know i consolidated it into one book and then <clears throat> he's like you've got to write the intro i'm like i can't write the intro for this this is too good you know but yeah. i did you know but, but, you know, it started, it actually started the path that I, I just, I kind of ignored, I kind of ignored the, the mystical metaphysical end of it for a long time. Right. right. And it's the force. Yeah. But, but no, I, I think you're right. I think the book itself is part of it. Yeah, 100%. I mean, that, that was what really, like I said, that really opened my eyes and and I'll be honest with you. Like um, I had read, because I think Josh, before we knew there was a complete cipher out there, Josh had found an original Illuminate copy. Mm-hmm. And so I had read right. that. Um, and then uh, we saw that there was a complete se- secret cipher. So I bought that and then read the uh, the second half, which I actually prefer the second half. I, I found it mm-hmm. far more interesting in the second half. That kind of hit more uh, delicate notes that resonated with me quite a bit. And right. I think that second wrist interview is incredible. <laughs> so it is. I'm like, he's got it cassette is. tapes. I want yeah. all of this. <laughs> yeah. <he's, laughs> yeah. Yeah. For real. Alan, Alan has, Alan has cassette tapes of the interview that he did with wrist. It's I'm just, like, he's not I sure want, where they are. I want me and Josh to do an uh, audio version of that whole interview. <laughs> Like if he doesn't want to put yeah, it out on me. audio. <laughs> no, no, no. Trust me. I, I'll I recreate it. <laughs> well, I'll let him know, but I, I, I want to hear it. Me too. Me too. Why do you know, be garbled? Like guy. anytime Terry talks, it's just. <laughs> <laughs> well, you, and you know what's funny is that Alan, Alan's archive is like immense. He's probably uh, lost more information in that archive than all, all ever happened my whole life. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, but it's it's interesting though that you guys brought up the fact that that maybe you know that the the book is is in and of itself like a trigger. I think you're right. I mm-hmm. really do. And if you look at Alan's background, you know it makes sense because I mean he is he is a very mystical dude. I mean that's just, oh yeah. Know. I mean every oh, time we've yeah. talked to him, it just enlightens the hell out of us, whether it's be an email. Or on when he's on the show, it just he just blows my damn mind. And, and then his sense of humor, of course, is the same as ours, so that just resonates even more. So, <laughs> yeah, I wanted. Well, but you know, you, you from. Well, I was gonna say from from now on, whenever I inter, or whenever I introduce him, I say he's Alan Motherfucking Greenfield. <laughs> <laughs> we just now call him Spider Rainbow. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Spider Rainbow, right? Spider Rainbow sure forever. So, but you know, you know, you talk about um, the fact that the, uh, Alan's history um, and in uh, his writing. Uh, and the fact that right. he is, uh, you know, um, a, a very much of you know an occultist, it makes you wonder if he has baked, uh, if you will, a lot of that stuff into his books as a means to, you know, activate folks. I mean, it's just, you know, we what we read is just you know words or word choices on a, in a page or on a paragraph or whatever. Maybe in his mind are are actually you know, uh, words for a spell. And maybe I'm, maybe I'm using that terminology incorrectly, but that's just, 
know, something to think well, about. Well, I mean, is he is he an emissary for a secret chief? You know what I mean? Like, is he speaking mm. those words? I was going to point well, out he sounds a little bit like Crowley at times, too. Oh, for sure. The, Don't tell him that, though. So. <laughs> I know, I know. You know, he actually told me a, a funny story. And, you know, he was explaining the genesis of the Max Cipher, the secret cipher of the UFO box, <laughs> and the, the mm-hmm. fact that when Crowley had had it dictated to him, right, by IWAS, that, that mm-hmm. you know, he, he had been told there, there is a cipher, there is at least one cipher in this book. And Crowley could not find the cipher. You know, it took, it took uh, much longer until the 70s when the guy in England cracked it. But, right. you know, he was he was saying that I, I think it was Philip K. Dick had written a book and he was and through his interactions with Valis that he he knew that there was a cipher in the book. I forget which book it was, but he maybe it was Val or maybe it was uh, Radio Free Album Valis. Valis or Valis or Valis. I think itself. it's Valis. Yeah, but, I'm I'm reading Valis yeah. now. So, But he he didn't know like that. Like he know he knew that he had been told there was a cipher, but like. He didn't know how to activate it. And, and Alan was telling me that one day that Philip K. Dick opened the book and looked down. And I forget that it was like lion or something. There was a word. And once that, he saw that word, it kicked in. And then he saw the cipher in the book. Yeah. And so, you know, when, when Philip K. Dick had written the book, that he, he didn't knowingly put a cipher into it. It just, it just came out of him. So I think yeah. that if, if that, you know, if it is a trigger... I don't think that, that Alan did it intentionally thinking, well, I'm, I'm going to write a book that's, that triggers people to do stuff. For sure. I, I for think, sure. right. I, I think it just came out because I, I think you may be right that it is some sort of a latent trigger, but mm-hmm. you know, it, that talks to certain people, you know, I mean, everybody I know that's read it, loves it, you know, for the f- philosophical parts of it, the cipher like kind of confuses people, but <laughs> the philosophical part of it, they like it. But I think that yeah. the, late, the message in there is a latent message that only works for certain people. But, you know, I, I think it, it was maybe. But, yeah, but one of the interesting things about Alan is that he's always told me again and again and again. He's like, you know, because, you know, sometimes I fill in for him on podcasts. He says, remember to tell people that you're fucking supposed to use it. Like, he's like, I wrote the fucking book so that people would actually use the cipher. I didn't write it just to write it. I wanted people to actually use the fucking thing. He's like, nobody fucking uses it. Like, he's like, I was hoping that the whole world would be like, got the little piece of paper out. So so it's like a a playbook, right? So essentially it's a playbook of ciphers. No, no, it's, it's much more than that. Like there's a part in it that talks about how to use the secret cipher, the UFO knots. And it talks about like how he figured it out. And what okay. information he got out of it, right? But the yeah. rest of it is yeah, philosophical. What? It's like, you know, ultra terrestrials and you know a lot of other theories. But it is that, one of the things that explains a lot for sure why he very much I think liked Josh and myself because I mean every interview we have them Josh is like, well I ran this through the cipher, ran through this through the cipher, and you could just see him <laughs> gleaming. <laughs> oh yeah well that's that's, that's one it. of the things though that that alan does uh i think with the cipher is that in, in the you know we, we see this a little bit uh, too with with the first interview for terry um is that they take it um uh, and, and they don't apply it to like uh lever 31 or anything or the or the book of the law they they apply it to just everyday words right so they take right. 
you know, something, something, somebody's name, and they run it through the cipher, and then they see what mm-hmm. other common names or even not common names that stuff lines up to. And so it's, you know, it's one of the things where I wish that we had, um, you know, a, a version, a, an electronic version of the cipher that bumped it up against well, like, the is. Oxford Dictionary, if you will. There is, okay. Well, yeah, no, I'll send you a link to it. There is a, the, the secretcipher.com, and you can actually run it against the Prince of a Discordia and other things. In fact, in, in using the cipher, I've gotten far enough with the cipher now that I can actually do cipher readings. Like, I can put in keywords and with the intention I can get results back that are equivalent to like doing a reading on somebody. Mm, it, it that is and, super and, interesting. Yeah. And Alan, Alan had told me, he's like, don't, that won't work. And it's like, I did it. And then it worked, you know, but in doing mm-hmm. that, I actually found, fa- I found a different cipher uh, accidentally. That's an undocumented cipher. So, you know, it, it is, it is a very dynamic thing. <laughs> so, you know, you, yeah, you, if you get proficient enough with it, like you can actually do readings for people with it. I, I mean, I believe that. I mean, uh, doing divination myself with different ways. I'm like, that's, yeah, I mean, in a sense, it's almost a form of bibliomancy, but just so yeah. different. It's so cool. It's something I hadn't thought about that I'm going to have to look into now. <laughs> yeah, it, it works. And, and it, it works with almost any book I've ever tried to use. I, I even used War and Peace. Very cool. <clears throat> but, but again, you know, it's, it's funny because, you know, we go off on these, these tangents. But, you know, at the end of the day, you know, it's interesting to me because for all of us, the journey started at the cipher. And now yeah. here we are. And th- there's a guy, you know, who apparently is feeding us information as Terry Wiss coming right out of the book. Yeah, you know, and it's and and two of us have have attempted to contact him using you know using ether means, and and it's worked. I mean, I did it just the other night. I you know I we were talking about all this stuff, and I'm like, okay, Terry, what do I need to know? And again, I saw a desert environment with rolling hills, mm-hmm. you know, that was scrubby, and it's like yeah, when I looked at when I looked at 112.5 kilometers that was what I saw. Like the, the, the image from Google earth looks like that. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, there's some, there's something going on. It, it, it's not as simple as, you know, this guy's a fake. He wants to get on the hell your show. Look, none of us can get him on hell your, that's for no. the sure. <laughs> well, yeah. Why and would he come down? <laughs> right. And we're the wrong people. And, and, yeah. you know, he, he hasn't asked for anything. He hasn't, done any of the things that, that we were warned about. You know, he hasn't manifested by like other Terry Wrists that have showed up. You know, it, he's got some sort of long game here. And, and the thing Yeah, and that's what I up. said. I said Terry Wrist or not, his information is solid and it's worth looking yeah. into. And, you know, especially for someone yeah. not asking for something in return, I don't care. And, and he even said in, in one of the emails, he's like, stop trying to figure out who I am but what I am and what I'm That's giving That's what I was about to like, bring up. Yeah. 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 It's like, so, it's and, that, and that's like, where I kind of got mad with the hellier folks is I'm like, no, that's not what's happening here. This is a very different thing that's happening. Um, it's, it's not that. <laughs> so. Yeah. It's just, yeah, it's, it's fascinating, you know, because it just, 
Oh, sorry. I'm supposed to tell you. Thank you, Ron. That we're we're now getting kicked off aftermath because our hour is up. No, they're just saying gonna... adios for now. <laughs> until next week. Paranoid yes, podcast. adios for now. Uh, <laughs> until next week, we love you. Download the podcast. Okay. Yeah. Anyway, so back to Amen. what we were talking about. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, there's buttons pushing. Um, yeah. But you know, it's it's interesting too because like in the process of doing this. You know, I have a friend, he's got a radio show up in Canada, right, called Space Star Radio. And one, one night when this first all really started for me. Dave like Scott. Pre, Dave Scott. At 3.33 in the morning, I called him three times, which I have yeah. a record. Right? Wow. And I, and I was drunk off my ass. <laughs> I, was a, I was asleep. I was drunk off my ass. I finally talked to him. I'm quasi-coherent. But he told me that at the third phone call that, that he heard beeping sounds and then he started seeing like like geometric shapes and, and he had like a valus experience. And so we got Man. on the phone with him, him and his, uh, he has a remote viewer and then, you know, Greenfield was on there and me and we're talking and the remote viewer is like going off. Of, I, I can see this guy, you know, and blah, blah, blah. And Alan actually identified who this guy was. He was like a, like a 19th century French occultist. And like Alan, like the woman described him to a T. Like Alan is like, I know exactly who that dude is. Right. But again, mm-hmm. you know, all these things, you know, the secret cipher of the UFO knots, like is at the center of it. Like we were yeah. talking about the secret cipher on the show, you know, a couple of days before. And then he has this like massive experience and it, he felt that he was, he was downloaded. And now every once in a while, he's like, everything goes kind of kooky. He's like, I feel like I'm getting downloaded. Yeah. Hey, Josh, you know, do you remember, because your memory is better than mine, but I I was in Tombstone uh, a couple months ago and I was swimming in this pool and I was kind of just like looking up at the sun uh, with my eyes closed. And I I had this crazy vision. Um, Do you remember that, Josh? I do. I remember everything that you said. <laughs> okay, can you share that? Because you're, be- you're better with the memory than I am, But because I-, I think it's relevant now that I'm thinking about it because it took place in the desert, too. Yeah, so you were, you were, walking, um, you were walking in the desert, um, and you came across um, a bird that uh, – I-, I can't remember if it was a phoenix or if it was just a bird, um, but then it, the bird, like – shot up into the sky and then it was um Quetzalcoatl. um and and like Quetzalcoatl was like you know you're on the right path uh keep moving forward and then um then you saw like a a tortoise or something like in the sky oh uh, yeah I, well before that i'm remembering now but yeah before that before it turned into the bird it was uh it was like me you santosh and there was like one other person that i didn't know who it was and uh, we saw this triangle-shaped UFO rise up from behind a mesa or whatever, and then that triangle shape is what more, like morphed into a phoenix that morphed into Quetzalcoatl. Um, and uh, but we'll, I'm going to have to look that up because I'm pretty sure I typed it out, but uh, Olav, I'll definitely have to send you that because it it, yeah. I feel like it's relevant all of a sudden. Well, hold on, because the co- about how long, when did this happen to you? So let's see. So my honey, when were your parents here? 
Oh, she's gone. Um, so I think this was in March, March or April, uh, maybe the beginning of March. I think it was right after you left, Josh. Um, and okay. so uh, I went down to Tombstone to visit her parents, who were my wife's parents here, who were on their RV. And I was laying in the pool, and I just, man, I decided to kind of trance out, and I just had this amazing vision. And yeah, the second part was in like Mississippi or something, and it was like a big turtle. Um, as well, but yeah, the first part seemed okay. very relevant now. The twentieth of March, a few a few months ago, which would have been about March, right? Mm-hmm. Over my house, over my house, there was not very many. I have photos of it. There are not very many clouds in the sky at the time, but there was a cloud that formed to the north that looked like a phoenix, and mm. un, unlike all the. Yeah, and we were, you know, it was a little windy, and so the clouds were moving by. But unlike all the other clouds, it didn't move, and it didn't change shape. All it did is the the parts of the clouds that manifested that looked like the wings spread out more. Interesting. And it hung there for like, it hung there for like a half an hour or an hour. Yeah, and it would have been about March. Yeah, it was it was sometime in March, so that that's that's pretty interesting. That's very <laughs> I told you, I, I, I feel know. like it's definitely relevant. So, uh, really cool. Yeah, yeah, I'll get the exact date, but it was really perplexing because I had a friend who was kind of like going through some stuff in their personal life, and I, I took it to as a manifestation of rising, you know, rising from the ashes, kind of yeah. thing. But but in reality, I don't know why that would appear to me. It should have appeared to them. Right. Yeah. I mean, at first I assumed it was, oh, I've moved to Phoenix, but it didn't feel like that. I mean, it felt like a legit Phoenix, which has always been something that's been important to me even before I moved to Phoenix. So um, who knows? Well, I mean, I, I, was, I just know I don't discount anything anymore. <laughs> no, that, I'll tell you, you know, with all this craziness that happened, you know, in the last year, I, mm-hmm. yeah, I don't, I don't discount anything at all. Like, <laughs> Nothing. I always, no, I always tell people, I'm like, the signs are there. You just have to see them. Yeah. So I've got, yeah. I've got the story and, and again, here that you typed out. Oh, you, oh, you got the whole thing. Oh God. Yeah. Yes, please. Okay. So I'm going to skip the part where you say that you're swimming in a pool. Um, you decided to embrace the sun gods and meditate in the water floating token in the sun. You drew a Reiki symbol on your forehead and closed your eyes, face the sun. Um, and uh, you said, immediately I saw two shadow figures walking that looked like Josh and I hats and all. And behind us, I saw some uh, the rock formation in Monument Valley. We turn around to face it, and this giant bird shoots out of the ground and spreads its wings like a phoenix. And I hear in my head an echoed screech and a booming voice that said, I am Quetzalcoatl. He asked of me and I shall show you what is here. He then spins, closes his wings and lands. When he lands and the dust settles, I see in the sky a massive disc-shaped silver UFO hovering. Quetzalcoatl shoots back into the sky and hovers where the UAP was and says that maybe what you will see but what it truly looks like is this. He expands his wings again, and he fades into a downward-pointing triangle with a cylinder shape in the middle, 
with a line coming down from the bottom of the cylinder to the lowest point of the triangle, and then two coming off the sides of the cylinder to the other two points. Shit, and the Josh, cylinder that's, lights that's, up. That's the, that's the CE5 symbol, isn't it? Yeah, it is. I think it uh, is. Yeah. Uh, or Interesting. That? Hold on. Then the, then the cylinder lights up, and then the lines to the points from the edge of the triangle. No color, by the way, but orange and black in any of this behind my eyes. Um, then he booms another back to him, and he spreads his wings, and then the same triangle and cylinder, but this time lines up that makes an X. Two top points have lines to them, and the bottom points have two lines hitting on either side of it. Again, same light show. Then he says, that's here, now for there. He spins around and causes a dust storm. Then I see three shadow figures that look like all three of us standing in front of a sign that says, Crater of Diamonds State Park. Bright flash and then a giant turtle swimming on the surface of the water. His head extends and then turns and looks at me and says, I am one of the giant turtles of legend, and here at the crater lies this. He fades into a same flying saucer in Monument Valley, but looking down on top of it. It fades then into a drawn circle with a smaller circle in the center. A line coming out of the small circle to the top and one to the bottom. Then similar lights show at the triangle, then it fades back into the turtle shell. The giant turtle looks at me and begins to speak when I get splashed with water in real life by a kid doing a cannonball and woke straight out of it. <laughs> so yeah, that's, that's, pretty much, that's pretty much the end of it. Wow. Yeah, that definitely feels relevant now. <laughs> it does. That's interesting. Yeah, you know, it was you know, it was intense. You know, it's it's like everything. You know that that there, nothing, nothing ever comes easy. Like the one thing, right. whether it's this Terry Risk stuff or or you know just this kind of thing in general, like it's never spoon fed. Everything I try to tell people, everything is symbolic. Mm-hmm. You know, and it, it's it's like a weird kind of game that you end up playing. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, because you know, the, the I mean, well, because if you had been spoon fed, it wouldn't be any fun. Like you wouldn't be interested in it. You wouldn't work as hard. Well, you know, I mean, it's okay. funny that you say that because Ter- because Terry says that in one of his emails. He says, "I can't give you the answers. You have to find them on yourself on your own." Well, that's the yeah. The he he says something journey, about right? not appreciating it or something. Yeah. You know, what else is interesting is that around the same time, I had gone with my friends to a, to a resort. And one night, we were, uh, we, uh, I had had, legally in California, I had had a gummy. <laughs> right? <laughs> and so, you know, you know and I, I don't do edibles very often. I don't really do very much pot or anything like that. But I did. And we decided that there was uh, one of the camps near us had a bonfire. We're like, Oh, you know what? You know, my, my friends were all had all smoked a lot of pot and I had had a couple of gummies and we're like, ah, let's go dance around the bonfire. So, you know, they start dancing around the bonfire 
but I'm staring into the into the fire because mm-hmm. I used to fire scry. It's a long story. Yeah, of why same. I I fire scry, but I I can fire scry, and so I'm looking at the fire, and I'm like transfixed in it. And this is around again the same time that, that you saw this, and the phoenix appeared. I'm looking into the fire, and there's one part that's like it's I don't know it's beyond white hot. And I started to like see like a pyramid like forming in the fire. And then, right. And then I'm like, okay, I'm high. This is bullshit. So I'm just like, I'm not going to look at the fire. So I just looked up in the sky. And when I looked in the sky, I found three stars that formed a triangle. Right. And then the triangle lines started connecting the, the stars to make it to make a triangle and then the triangle rotated and became a pyramid hmm. and I, I'm crazy. watching this whole thing <laughs> right and I'm watching this whole thing in the sky and it's like a rotating pyramid right that's like rotating around and I'm like okay I've had enough and so I go back to where we're staying and my friend was there and I told my friend I said oh my God, I just saw uh, like a pyramid manifest in the sky. I'm like, weed should not be doing this. And my friend looked at me and she goes, it's not the weed, honey. (laughs) It's not the weed. Well, well, I mean, how much does that sound like my UAP sighting from December, you know, with the rotating pyramid? I mean, that's that's what I saw was a rotating triangle. Well, that's what I'm saying is that what's yeah. odd is that we've never we've never talked about this stuff. I, I uh-uh, don't think it was never. in December. Yeah, I don't think it was in December, but it was around that time that I saw it, and it, it's like, what the fuck? <laughs> you know, it's like suddenly a lot of other dots are connecting. It's very strange. Yeah. Um, so I picked up recently. I've been reading. Uh, Mac Tawney's The Crypto Terrestrials, which if you guys haven't read this yet, I highly recommend it. Um, I need to read that. But man, I mean, a lot of times when one of us like reads a book that the others aren't reading, oh, we'll send like a picture here and there of like a line or two. But it's like, I just want to photocopy every single page and send it to everybody because there's just so much in here that is blowing my mind. And I'm trying to find something right now while we're talking that is relevant as well, because it talks about um, uh, hallucinogens and different things like that. Uh, but as I was, well. that's the thing. I wasn't on a hallucinogen. I was, oh, yeah, I well, hold on. Marijuana like, can be hallucinogenic been... in certain doses. Oh yeah. Yeah. But this was a super, super low dose. Like it was, I was not very high. I mean, well, I was high enough that, that I should have been watching Scooby-Doo and laughing, not not seeing <laughs> shit forming in the sky. I should have been watching Velma, you know, not, not thinking about all this other crap. You know, it wasn't that much. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, if I could find this damn section, I wish I would have taken a picture of it because it, it even talks about that. Um, that um, oh, here it is right here. Uh, it talks about that it's possible that um, some of these uh, ancient cultures that used, you know, like Native Americans and things like that, that used that as a way right. to kind of connect was that 
that he basically says that perhaps they the uh, the ETs or the UTs or whoever it is the intelligence there possesses a technology that's even more advanced than ours and these type of drugs or things like that it's how it kind of activates and uses those things that that's actually more of a technology um it says that shamans of primitive cultures have long relied on altered states to communicate with other world uh intelligences um as they commonly uh psychedelic drugs commonly facilitate or heighten this communication applying a deep-rooted neurological mes- uh, mechanism um, and abductees describe the same state sometimes, suggesting a common origin, allowing the possibility that others might exploit mind-to-mind communication as casually as we use cell phones and broadband communication, um, and that oh. they use these these uh, psychedelic drugs and things like that is part of their technology that heightens that as part of their communications. Because, yeah, a lot of abductees describe the sensations of – the same thing as being on LSD or on acid or any of these peyote or these other things, they feel some of the same things. And, uh, you know, Mac, you know, basically says, Hey, what if this is their technology that, that we have just learning to tap into, which may be another reason why the U S government keeps saying no drugs are bad. (laughs) Well, one of the, one of the things that I've been, that I've been thinking about lately is, um, you know, when you, when you look at so much of like a, a trance, a trance state, uh, and this is also something that, you know, a lot of different drugs put you in, is it, is it basically, I think, distracts your higher level brain functions and allows right. for your, uh, you know, your more um, uh, lower level or, or maybe not even lower level, but just, you know, your, your more um, natural self to, to come, to come out, subconscious to come out. And so, Maybe that's what it is. You know, if your if your higher conscious is there, it'll try to interpret and understand what's happening. But if you can if you can temporarily suppress that, then your subconscious is what actually is is being communicated with, and it's not necessarily you know trying to to reference or to correlate or whatever what's being said. It's just taking it all in. Then later, when your uh, when your higher consciousness is back, you know, at its own then you can go through and process what you experienced. Right. Well, and, and you know, you know age, not do, yeah, I think right, people right. can do it without for sure. Um, but it I've also may it. be a stepping stone to te- <laughs> Yeah. Right. And so, or it could be a stepping stone to kind of teach you how to get into that zone. Um, yeah. Uh, who, who knows? There's a, they there's a number of like sort of enlightenment, but they don't teach you how to live there. Right. Or, or, or <laughs> if you're someone, if you're someone who's like me, who is constantly trying to process and understand what's happening. Um, sometimes I get in, I get in my own way. Right. And so, right. And that was, um, I was going to say everybody, that that's your own biggest obstacle. That's the universal. Yeah. And yeah, so it, it shuts off that, that also, part of our brain that tries to explain everything um, and allows us to just experience. So. That's because we over identify with the conscious mind. But I wanted to say before we get too far away from drug technology from outer space, that's like the <laughs> whole story for mushrooms, right? Spores, spores right. might be able to survive um, tra- uh, space travel, and they definitely hook mm-hmm. you into a consciousness that is that feels unique to them. Like ayahuasca has its own personality, and DMT has the machine elves. Right. Yeah. 
<laughs> she knows. <Okay>. Yeah. <laughs> Never used it. <laughs> yeah, we should try like ayahuasca one week and then the next week peyote, you know, just to kind of get a. And do it, you know, do it live on science. the show. For yeah. science, I agree. For science. <laughs> well, and, and I'll, one I'll of the things that I've I'll leave that to one run. of the things I've been thinking about is, is like you know, there are places like Sedona or Somerset, Kentucky, are, are they uh, places where the energy is naturally high that you don't need those additives to help you, well, you know, experience things, or so does summer, it get you further? Well, Somerset, Kentucky is an interesting place. I mean, if, if you look at the, if you look at the geology of it, right, you know, you've mm-hmm. got multiple fault lines, you've got tunnels, there's, there's actually an alluvial, uh, like an alluvial deposit that runs all the way from where the hell you're occurred all the way to Point Pleasant. You know, right. Almost and there's massive quartz crystal. It's like the second most. Yeah. Uh, condensed area of quartz crystal next to Sedona. Um, you know, we've got one of our, Santosh and I, but one of our closest friends lives in uh, Somerset and we'll actually be taking a trip there uh, in a few months to kind of do our own little journey there. But yeah, it's, it's Somerset is who would have ever thought, but then you look back oh, and you it? go, Oh, <laughs> well, it's a, it has a, it has a series of massive magnetic anomalies. Mm-hmm. You know, it's got, it's got all kinds of like, you know, radioactive material. I mean, it's, it's just a weird place. Like it, it stands out, you know, and one of the things that's interesting is that I forget what kind of crystal it is, but there's actually a a crystal that exists there in the ground. And there's basically billions of like these little crystals that are just, you know, peppered all throughout the ground. Like you can't even necessarily see them. It's the South. So it's probably crystal burgers. So, (laughs) Don't get me started about those. <laughs> I'm, I'm a fan. What is that? Is, I don't know. What, what's Crystal Burgers? What is that? It's it's a knockoff White Castle. Oh, okay, yeah. okay. And it's not a yeah, knockoff buy, White Castle. Yeah. Yes, it you is. You buy them by the box. No, they're it's just great. different. Are they better <laughs> than Lotta Burgers? What about Lotta Burgers? Are they better than Lotta Burgers? I've actually they're had Lotta Burger. They're very different. Yeah. I had it in New Mexico years ago. Yeah, I was like, I lived in Albuquerque for a while, so I know a lot of burger. <laughs> yeah, I was in Las Lunas. Have you ever had it's a lot of burger? The the main difference between Crystal and White Castle is that with Crystal burgers, there are no holes in the patty. Oh, okay. Yeah. Gotcha. But yeah, they're okay. both they're Don't both those burger. those mini 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 sized burgers. So. Yeah. Yeah. You buy them by the box. Yeah. 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 It's all coming together, Olaf. <laughs> yeah, it's this weird it's a weird like steamed hamburger. I mean you you buy it yeah. by the box. It's that simple. Yep. Okay. Well, I don't I don't want to keep you guys up much longer. <laughs> but it's you know, it is a, it has been a very interesting trip, you know, and I, I think I think we're fast approaching where we're going to have to go out there. At least somebody's got to go. I will go. I want to go. Let's make it a road trip. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm not far from there. I think I, I think, what did I do? I think I saw it was like six hours, six or seven hours from me in Phoenix. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's about six and yeah, a half not, for me. And, and yeah. I would love to get out there with you guys. I just, I just don't know if I can make it come together. So. 
Yeah. Not no, I could do it. Well, you can come in spirit. How about that? <laughs> come in spirit. Oh, I'll totally do it. I just, I want to do it before it gets too hot. Because Nevada, yeah. <laughs> Nevada in the summer is. Oh, that's right. It gets really hot down there. I'm, I'm we just need water. to. We just need to remember to bring umbrellas, <laughs> not for the rain, but for the sun. <laughs> yeah, for the sun. Yeah, but I mean, hey, as I soon mean, as I we as soon as we get in those mines and those caves, it'll be fifty-seven degrees. <laughs> Ooh, nice, sweet. No, we should we should talk about it because I can definitely go there on a weekend. Oh, man. Yeah, I can I can as well. So we will definitely definitely yeah. chat about it. Olaf will fly me down. Thanks, Olaf. Oh, I will. <laughs> Oh yeah, paranoia is not that lucrative, Ron. Well, <laughs> let's make paranoia money again. There you go. Hey, hey, hey Ron, I'm I'm driving. <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, and, and you know, from my point of view, it's like, hey, while I'm down there, I can go watch for you know CIA flights down at Mercury. So you know, mm-hmm. it's all good for me. We can stop by China China Lake. And check that out. You know, a lot of weird That's stuff. That's in a totally different place. <laughs> oh, okay. oh, God. I just had a flashback to that old TV show, China Beach. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, my gosh. All right. So, you know, thank you very much for coming on. Where where can people find you guys? Uh, absolutely. So uh, the best place to find us is fearscapepodcast.com or just look up Fearscape Paranormal Podcast. Uh, wherever you find your podcast or go to YouTube and look up Astral Stew uh, on the Fearscape uh, Media Network. Uh, we've got a whole page there and that way you can find Santosh as well. Right on. And, and when, when, when are you guys going to have the Terry wristwatch? <laughs> <laughs> the wristwatch. We're, we're, we're working on it. <laughs> so, yeah, right. so I think I think it needs to be a watch that is also a secret decoder ring. There you go. Oh, yeah. oh interesting. Oh, that, that's a good idea. <laughs> that is a good idea. Oh, and I, I, made a, I, made a, I made a promise to my friend Taylor, who will listen to this, as I'm assuming Terry Rist will listen to this. So right. my, on behalf of my friend Taylor, uh, he, he would like, and many other people would like it if he would, uh, Post more information even outside the paywall. So please, you know, make sure you you, you put some some information out there. Yeah, come on, throw I us a in a while, dude. Hey, yeah, we do, ball. we do, we talk about it on the podcast. But yeah, we we can we'll try to post some uh, some stuff a little bit online. Yeah. Um, but yeah, and it helps us. You know, we're always trying to fundraise oh, course, and try course. to because uh, you know sure. our big goal is to try to create a pilot TV show for ourselves. So we're trying to raise money yeah. for that as well. So absolutely. Absolutely. But yep. I, I promised I would mention it for Taylor. <laughs> oh, absolutely. It's something we've, it's something we've been talking about for sure. So don't, don't worry about it, Taylor. <laughs> and, 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 and to Terry wrist, uh, you got my number, man. <laughs> you know where to find yeah. me. <laughs> yeah. Give me a call, huh? <laughs> Send me an email, Terry. I'd love to talk to you. Maybe we can get an interview. We can use a voice changer. Yeah. All right. Well, thanks. his thanks voice again his for... voice is a voice changer. <laughs> he would probably call with a voice changer. Yeah, sounds right. like Indrid Cole type situation there. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, that that was another amazing splintacular paranoia podcast. I think this was actually a really really super awesome one. But I yeah. think we've done four really super awesome ones now. 
Very good. Trying to keep it going. Oh, yeah, yeah, I'm talking to Natalie. I'm talking to Natalie to get her to come on. I just need to give her a day. I dig uh, so Naughty Tarot. That. I dig it. Really. Oh, Naughty Tarot's the best. It, it yeah. is hilarious. Yeah. And she's no holes barred. Like, oh, I know. Oh, I love that. Like, yeah. Yeah. She, no, she she really goes there. It's funny as fuck. Yeah. <laughs> I love that. She's funny. Very entertaining. And educational, too, by the way. Oh, it, yeah. it's very educational. But you know the you know the thing about her is that she's actually very, very accurate. Like the when she did it for me and Ron, yeah. She is extremely accurate. It's just yeah. she the delivery is inappropriate, but the information yeah. is bang on. Oh, I love that. She's, both Santosh and I both read tarot and we both do improv. I'm like, we could totally do something crazy like that. Yeah. That'd be fun as hell. <laughs> oh yeah. She well when you when you buy her tarot deck, it comes with crystal penises. I mean she has a whole oh, I love like, it. thing about it. Yep. Yeah, it's, it's, funny. That's hilarious. it's funny shit. Yeah, it's it is a completely inappropriate deck. It's called the Tarot Mood deck uh, for Natalie uh, free free uh, free advertisement. <laughs> right. But, um, I don't I, I don't know what's on next week yet. Ron and I'll figure it out. Um, we'll make it happen as good. usual. We'll yep. make it happen as usual. Uh, <clears throat> but again, everybody, thanks for listening. You can find us on Facebook at Paranoia Magazine. I'm Olaf. He's Ron. Uh, you can find us on Instagram, Paranoia Mags. You can see my misadventures in road tripping and baking. I know it doesn't seem like it works, but it, it works. Yeah. I do bake. Uh, I, I recently you, made a chest pie. You always make what? me salivate. I'm always dripping. <laughs> I love chest pie. <laughs> oh, chest pie is the best. And, and I make a, quite a good one. But anyway, um, yeah, so you can find us on Instagram. I do hang out. On, if you're on Clubhouse, I do hang out on Clubhouse occasionally. Um, I'm doing an interview about the secret cipher, the UFO knots, uh, on Wednesday at 9 p.m. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, <laughs> amazing. Um, anyway, but again, thanks for listening. Tell your friends. Tell your brothers and sisters. Tell the aliens. Uh, come, and, come and listen to us. We're on uh, iTunes podcast and Stitcher and I don't know, wherever else it appears, and we're on Aftermath. Uh, I think that's it, Ron. Ron, did I miss anything? No, but hope everyone takes good care and keeps the faith. All right, people, be excellent to, be excellent to each other, and aloha. Thank you for listening to Paranoia Radio, hosted by Olaf Phillips and Ron Patton. Sponsored by Paranoia Magazine. Read it now. Paranoiamagazine.com Intro theme, The Guide, was composed by Scott Moon. ScottMoon.net Outro theme, Fighting Trousers, is by Professor Elemental. ProfessorElemental.com Voiceover written and performed by Mr. Lobo, host of Cinema Insomnia. Watch new episodes on OSI 74. Visit us at osi74.com. We are resuming control. For now.